Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. Thank you, Miss Patsy. We're glad that uh, you're here today. Thank you all for being here this morning. As we get started in worship today, we're going to be looking at honoring authority. And so if you are new here or you didn't bring your copy of God's Word this morning, in your pew, you're going to see these Bibles here. They look a lot like this. Uh, and page 1,212 is where we will start today. 1,212 if you're looking at the Pew Bible here, like this. So, so authority. Authority is something that we all encounter throughout life. And I think it's something, as Trey said this morning, that, that we encounter even at the littlest times in our lives where we're learning how to respect people, or we're learning how to, to follow the rules, or we're learning what to do next. We begin to learn what authority is. But I believe as we look in, in relation to this passage this morning, we begin to look as believers and evaluate the state of our world. And things like submission to authorities brings a lot of mixed feelings if we look around at the world. And you might say, well, there are some leaders that do not just evoke the idea that we want to follow them. But it, in this passage this morning, I want us to think about honoring authority as serving unto the Lord, giving as unto the Lord. And what we do is we demonstrate that submission to authorities. We're really submitting first and foremost to an almighty God who has better plans than even the greatest positioned authority figure that we know of in our life. So 1 Peter 2 verse 13 says, submit yourselves. For the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether as to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. So by us submitting to authority figures, by us submitting to God first and foremost, we begin to understand that God is going to use our humble efforts to achieve His goals and means in this world. That it's, it's not by only the authority figures that we see in this world, governors or, or presidents or kings or queens or anyone else, but it's by the Word of God, by His plan. And so we submit ourselves to the Lord first and foremost and allow for Him to govern and guide us in that direction. And so what we do is that by doing so, God handles all the tough details, doesn't he? He handles all the things that we worry about the most. Well, did you hear such and such leader did this or that leader did that? Did you know that God has a plan for your life and he wants us to submit to authorities as we are to submit unto him? So not only does this passage lead us in that direction and tell us that it will silence foolish men, Secondly, we see that we recognize our freedom in Christ and live accordingly. How many of us understand truly our freedom in Christ? Our freedom in Christ should not be taken for granted. Our freedom in Christ 
has been given by him. He is the giver of freedom. But what his treatment of us should do is make us want to love other people, shouldn't it? His treatment of us, even though we don't deserve the treatment we've received by Jesus dying for us, is the same way that we treat others as we think of the freedoms that we have. In the Statue of Liberty, on the Statue of Liberty, as our nation grew, the people opened the doors to all sons of man. The words of Emma Lazarus says this, it's an inscription for the Statue of Liberty. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless, tempest-tossed. To me, I, will li I left my lamp beside the golden door. And so we think of the liberty we have as Christians and we're meant to act differently than the world around us, right? Y'all, we have freedoms. Yes, we have liberty given to us by God. And that comes with responsibility as Christian believers to live in accordance to the Word of God and allow for the plan of God to enrich our lives. So it says how we are to act in verses 16. It says, act as free men. And do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but to those who are unreasonable. When you think about bond servants, now a regular servant has a master and they don't have any rights. They don't have any choice. They don't have any way that they can do something different. They're under the full leadership of that who is over them. As bond servants, you and I choose to follow the words of God. We choose to follow the rules of God. We choose to follow the example of Christ. We choose to do all of these things. So bond servants, in that way, we choose that fellowship of Jesus. So honoring all people, that means that we love others as Christ first loved us. But we fear God and Him alone. As we interact with the world around us, that must be where we separate the light and the dark. It says here, the covering for evil. But you and I must be very diligent in how we take the steps and act like we do, right? How we parent, how we work, how we interact with others, how we do business, how we, how we serve the least of these. All of those things interact with who we have as authority in our lives. And we are to be submissive to God and God alone. You know, when we don't follow God, our actions kind of demonstrate that, don't they? When you and I don't do the things that God leads us to do, it kind of follows in our lives and kind of is, is evident to others. And oftentimes we think we can somehow mask those things. But I've, I've recognized that you cannot mask and you cannot act like a Christian if you are not spending time with the Lord and allowing for Him to lead and guide and govern your life. So there's, there's certain passages that speak to that matter as we see this morning. One of those passages really understands, as it finishes this, this, this out in 1 Peter 2, it really switches gears from being submissive to the authorities, but it also says, what about when we are treated or suffer unjustly? 
What happens when you and I, as believers in Christ, are wrongly treated in this world? What do we respond like? How do we say things? What do we act like? How do we demonstrate the love of Christ even in those moments, even when we're done wrong? Because we understand if you look back over the people of God who truly followed Jesus Christ, did they all just live an old age and just, just nicely and everything, just nothing bad happened to them and they weren't treated bad and they just kind of went you know, off and, and died a ripe old age? No. They were treated really bad. They were persecuted. That even though they submitted themselves they still dealt with the things of this world in that manner. And so there's an example given here by Peter. It says in verse 19, it says, For this finds favor, for if for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly, for what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if, you, if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. When is the right time to do right? Right now, right? It's always the time to do right by the Lord. And if we, if we look at the world, we're given a lot of choices every day about how we act and interact with the world around us, how we treat other people, even those who are in authority over us. And we do that as unto the Lord. It is now the time to do what is right, regardless of what comes against us and what we have to endure. Because I believe that we're going to have to endure a lot. And what tells me that is that those in Scripture endured persecution. Many lost their lives. Many had to take a stand where no one else would take a stand. Many had to say that I will not compromise the Word of God even though it cost me my life. There are so many examples of what happens when a believer says enough is enough. Even though I'm treated in this way, I will live according to the Word of God whatever the cost is. You find favor with God in doing that which is right and suffering for it. Even though we go through life and it's difficult, there is no promise that everything will always be good. In fact, if you're a believer for in Christ and you're doing what is right by God, you are going to stand out. You are going to stick out. And what you say by the Word of God as right and wrong and what you pray for and live out is going to demonstrate your love for Him. And so finding favor with God is important. So we begin to also learn that everything, everything might be permissible but not beneficial, is it? Y'all, there's a lot of things that in our own mind we can rationalize doing. And we can think, well, I can do that. But is it good for the testimony of God in your life? George Truitt on religious liberty said in, in his sermon on Baptist and religious liberty, he delivered this from the Capitol steps in D.C. And he said this, he said, there's a vast difference between toleration and liberty. Toleration is a concession. Liberty is a right. Toleration is a matter of expediency. Liberty is a matter of principle. Toleration is a grant of man. Liberty is a gift of God. So liberty, Christian liberty, comes from God. That's where the scripture comes in and says, when you and I are granted freedom by Jesus, then we are free indeed, right? There's nothing that anyone on this earth can do that can separate us from his hand. See, when we are free, 
God grants that freedom and no one can take that from us. But we must take that with a sense of respect for God and fear of God and how we act and what we choose to do. 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things can edify. So while we have the freedom in our hearts and minds to do a lot of things, is it beneficial to the kingdom of God? Is what we're doing furthering the conversation of Christ in the lives of those around us that do not know Him? The poor, the least of these, the needy, those that are seeking the truth in a dark and dangerous world where so many people have access to the truths of the internet, we have the truths of God. Where so many people are looking around to other people and how they feel and what they believe, we look to the absolute truth of Scripture to leave us in that way, lead us in that manner. Our response in this way matters as believers, doesn't it? How we respond to Scripture matters. How we respond to the Lord matters. How we respond to the culture around us matters. And that means that we can look around at the world and we can say, well, the world is burning down. Or we can look around and say, there's opportunity in the world for Jesus to do something. There's opportunity in the world for me to do what God has called me to do. There's opportunity in the world for you to do what God has led you to do, to glorify Him and to shine the light into the darkness. I've looked at it this way. When it's pitch dark outside, it only takes a small light to, to do a different thing, right? To show others the way, to guide somebody along a path, to lead somebody in such a direction as that. And so... You might be in a school system, you might be in a classroom, you might be in the workforce, you might work with your hands, you might do a number of things in this world, but what you can do is carry a light with you, the light of Jesus Christ. So our response matters. The decisions we make matters. The freedom that we have in Christ matters. So our response does matter. But what does endurance what is enduring all of these things? What does it profit us to endure all things? What happens when we honor authorities, when we live in such a manner where we glorify the Lord? What about the things that endurance produces? Romans 5, 3 through 6 says this. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. So endurance is important in our lives. If you and I are going to endure the things of this age, then we're going to have to be students of God's Word, aren't we? We're going to have to spend more time in prayer than ever before. We're going to have to look to God and God alone and nothing else. And we're going to have to keep our hearts centered on Him. Because I tell you now that there's a lot in the end times that plays into the fact that there will be some that sound like Scripture, but they are not 
filled with scripture. There will be some that sound like good and well-meaning people, but it does not speak to the truth of God in the life of that individual. So, so for us, endurance, staying the course, staying rooted in God's word, praying and keeping ourselves ready for battle is something that we all can do in our time here today. And I know that sometimes we feel like we're not winning the battle. But we have to remind ourselves that Christ has already won the battle. And He's using people like me and you to do great things for His kingdom's sake. For those that are ungodly, for those that are causing so much ruckus in this world, you and I stand out as lights in the darkness. And we're meant to take the Scriptures and take what God is doing in our life and do something extraordinary in this life. And you and I may never hold an authority place like governor or president or anything else, but that shouldn't negate us from following God as we ought to and living according to his scripture and his mandates for our life. So how can you and I embrace God's authority? And we have to understand according to the scriptures we read today in 1 Peter 2, we begin to see that they they demonstrated authority in this manner by loyalty and submission to God. Are you daily submitting yourself to God? Are you remaining steadfast and loyal to the scriptures of God and the leadership of God in your life? Also, we see in this passage a reverence and respect for those in leadership as unto God. Y'all, when we respect leaders that don't deserve it, we demonstrate to others a way to respect God. But also, we are warned here in 1 Peter 2 not to abuse Christian liberty. We are within a fact, a certain people that are going to stand out, but we are there to follow God, even though everything in the world says these things are permissible. What is right by God is what we have to live by. But it's also a reminder to love one another. How many of you love others without question? You love others. You love others because... Christ has loved you. You forgive others because Christ has forgiven you. You demonstrate Christian love to others and you serve others because He has done that in your life. So as Christians, we are charged to be subject to Him. Peter tries to reason with the people about it during that time. And during a time of suffering, what about that? If, we were, if they were patient during their hardships while they suffered unjustly and continued doing their duty to the unbelieving and toward the untoward masters, then this would be acceptable to God and He would reward all that they suffered for conscience towards Him. But to be patient when they were chastised would serve no commendation at all. It is only doing well and suffering patiently for that which is acceptable to God. For us, I've got to think about it like this, that my reward for serving God is not going to be granted during this time that we find ourselves in now, right? My reward is not here based on earth. Thank God it's not here based on earth because I don't want to get all my reward here. I want mine to be in heaven for the life to come. And so there's no condition so bad that we cannot endure it. And glorify God in it. And even the worst servant may do so. So so when we find ourselves 
dealing with the worst days that we should ever have, we can still glorify God in those things. But also we see the most conscientious person is often the greatest of sufferers. We have conscience towards God. Even though we suffer wrongly, we do it well and suffer for it. But sufferers of this sort are praiseworthy. They do honor to God and to that religion. And they are accepted of Him. And this is their highest support and satisfaction. So... We think, about, we think about sufferings, we think about deserved sufferings, we think about unjust sufferings, we think about all of those kind of things play into this. What about enduring it patiently? We don't like that word, do we? How many of us love the word patient? We don't love the word enduring patiently. That means that we have to remain steadfast in those times. So as Christian believers, as good Christians, we're called to be good sufferers. That means that you and I are called and we have a manner of a testimony to tell. And we look at the example of Christ in how we are called. And it says here that that He suffered voluntarily, not for Himself, but for us. With the utmost readiness, with perfect patience from all quarters. And although He was God, man, we shall not suffer, shall we not be sinners who deserve the worst, submit to the light afflictions of this life, which work for unspeakable advantages afterwards. Christ suffered wrongfully and without cost, for He did not sin. Patiently He was reviled, yet He did not turn that on them. So for us, we have to remember these things. That even though as Christian sufferings come, we will not be free from condemnation, will we? For our sinfulness is there. We are given hope for the debt that is too great to pay. And we're forgiven because of Jesus. And through Jesus we are given the pathway to freedom. Scripture tells us in this way. But He was pierced through our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon Him. And by His scourging we are healed. Do you believe that this morning, church? That by His scourging, you and I are healed. So respect for authorities lends itself to respect for Jesus and His teaching. So this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Some of us need to repent because we failed to honor God through this manner. But I believe, as Scripture says, that repentance is afforded to each person who will simply come acknowledge their sin and ask for forgiveness so this morning i want to ask you will you come this morning will you acknowledge your sinfulness will you seek him as the greatest authority in your life will you allow for christ to change your heart and mind will you allow for your liberty the things which he has given you to change the world around you your testimony the way you interact with the world the way that you love others It's because you've been loved in that manner. And truthfully, we think, well, some people don't deserve to be forgiven. Neither did we. But at the appointed time, Christ died for us. And He forgave the worst in us so that we could forgive that in others, so that we could love others, so that we could help and serve others, the poor, the least of these, the sick, the needy, those around us that 
that seemingly have no hope and are in this darkness of the world around us. Those who believe in so many pluralistic thoughts when there's an absolute truth in Jesus Christ. We have found that there is a way. There is a way and that way is Jesus Christ. So this morning I'm going to ask you, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Him as the ultimate authority in your life? And does that influence everything in your life? Maybe you're here today, you need to know Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I am a Christian, but you'd never know it by the way that I live in this world. I believe as Christian believers, as we submit to His authority, we are to demonstrate that by loving others and submitting ourselves to those He's placed above us in this world. And I believe we do that as unto Him. And we seek His Word every day. And we allow for it to change our lives and those around us. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity. And we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.